Tales from the Table is a live play RPG podcast done by a group of LGBT friends telling stories through the medium of tabletop role-playing games. For this campaign, we will be playing a game called Monster of the Week by Michael Sands, inspired by shows such as Supernatural, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Sleepy Hollow, following an Apocalypse World-style rule set. Sit back and enjoy while we begin this first tale from the table. Jazz music plays through the stone streets of the French Quarter. Colorful autumn leaves dance gracefully through the cooling air to the ground below, illuminated by the sunset sky. A boarded building stands imposing on its empty street as darkness falls. No one passes. No dogs bark. All is calm. Suddenly, a flash of light, accompanied by a burst of electricity and splintering boards. Time lapses as the edifice revives into a welcoming physique. A sign is finished above the front doors and comes to life in decorative lit letters. The Rose Spirit Tavern. One year later. Okay, well, I'm, I'm Wes Mullis. I play Carter Wu. I'm um, a Chinese American from Savannah, Georgia. And I'm playing the rulebook of the Spooky. So uh, the Spooky is a spellcaster in Monster of the Week. Uh, specifically, they deal with um, darker powers, whether it's demonic or not necessarily good or like religious related or anything like that. Just dark magic that is a means to an end. Think, uh, think kind of like a Dark Phoenix for X-Men or Eleven from Stranger Things would probably be a spooky. Um, if you're relating it to another tabletop, it'd be like the Warlock class in uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Stuff like that. Uh, fun fact about Carter, one of his top three favorite artists is Stephen X. You're in an alleyway and a couple with a small child walk out of, they walk into the alleyway. It's almost like you're in a, you're like a fly on the wall and you see that these people walk by you and right as they go to turn the corner, the mom screams and you hear the worst, like, it sounds like a wet growl. It's the grossest noise you've ever heard in your life. And you see the dad run forward and the kid's nowhere to be seen. As you walk and turn the corner, all you see is darkness and the mom is on her knees, her face in her hands, the dad, he's stopped as he's like ran forward. He stopped in his tracks. And you can see not whatever is dragging this child, but you can see the child being dragged away. And then you wake up. You're in history class. And your teacher, Mrs. Springer, is just finishing up her lecture on French and Indian War. Oh, that's fine. It's boring. Uh, well, I'm going to look around because, you know, I just, you know, I was kind of startled awake. Like that was that was a traumatic experience in a dream. Nightmares for sure. I'm going to have more nightmares about that for the next week or so, probably. Um, I'm going to look around to see if anyone noticed I was asleep. No one's noticed. Perfect. Do I sit? I'm assuming I probably don't sit in the front of class. No, I'm probably near the back, right? You're actually kind of towards the middle because you've been caught like not paying attention or like 
doodling or I don't know, falling asleep <laughs> in class before. So you got moved from your usual spot at the back of the classroom to more of a middle seat. You're still like off to the side of the classroom. So you're not like in the middle, in the middle, but you're like kind of off to like the right hand side of the room. Okay, cool. Well, I'm just gonna like make sure no one's paying attention to me, whatever. Pretend I'm taking some notes, but I'm actually just gonna doodle and for the last five minutes of class. The bell rings and you all get up and pack up your things and Miss Springer says, Carter, since you were so attentive today, I'm gonna need a detailed report on the French and Indian War oh, by next Thursday. My, okay, that's awesome, Miss Springer. I can definitely do that. Finger guns, see you next week. Okay, I expect that paper on my desk by Thursday. Uh, for sure, for sure. Um, I'm going to use magic okay as i'm leaving the room and i just want i want to use hex so with hex when you cast a spell with use magic as the normal effects you may pick the following and so i just want to kind of i want to make her trip up and then use hex to make her break something precious or important okay as i'm leaving the room do you watch as you leave the room no because i don't want her to know i was doing it okay there isn't a window off to one, like, the wall that you're on. Uh-huh. You're, like, just behind where the large window is. Okay. That goes into the hallway. So it's, like, an indoor window. So you can look into the classroom yeah. and stuff like that? Okay. Yeah. So do you look in there as you're... Yes. Okay. Just, um, like, kind of a glance over my shoulder. Uh, when you use magic, say what you're trying to achieve and how you do that. Roll plus weird. Ten plus, the magic works without issues. Choose your effect. Seven to nine, it works imperfectly. Choose your effect and a glitch. The keeper will decide the effect the glitch has. And obviously, on a one to six, it doesn't happen. So you use magic. I'm just gonna maybe like her shoe comes untied or something. Her shoe comes Plus weird. I definitely rolled a five. So the great thing about Monster of the Week is that when you fail a roll or you done screw up, you get to mark off an experience point. You get rewarded for messing up, which is kind of how it balances out like how difficult the rolls are. So nothing happens. Do you head back to your locker? Do you, what do you do? This is what from here. Is this the last period of the day? It is the last period of the day. I, I guess I'm just gonna start heading towards the meeting spot with Jimmy. We walk home together sometimes. You guys usually will meet by your lockers because somehow you two lock, lucked out and having your lockers right next to each uh -huh, other. Uh-huh, somehow. Somehow, like by magic or something, we got lockers right next to each other. Your mom was really worried about your brother not having enough friends, which is <laughs> odd because you're the one without friends. I'm the one that doesn't have friends. He's popular. So you have your locker right next to Jimmy, which when he first gets there, he's not there right away. Mm -hmm. um, but there is a pair of girls who walk by you, and they're the typical plastics where... They've got the done-up hair, makeup's on point. They have the acrylic nails, heels, like dressed to the nines, mm -hmm. as far as high school students can mm -hmm. do, because let's face it, high school fashion is a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> too much of one color. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, these girls walk by, and they kind of scuzz you off as they start talking again. My little meat puppet. It would be a shame if something was to happen to them. <sighs> Not now, Gamory. It's been a long day. Mm, I think you need to remedy that, my pet. <sighs> fine, fine. 
I'm going to look at the, the two girls and attempt to uh, use some more magic. Okay. Because, you know, I'm kind of, it's fine. I just, as they're walking past like a drinking fountain, I want it to break and like just spray them with water. Okay. Nothing too bad. Nothing that would look suspicious. Let's see what happens. That is five plus two, so a seven. With use magic, if uh, seven to a nine, it works imperfectly. Choose an effect and glitch. So the effect I'm going to go with is, I guess it would be do one thing that is beyond human limitations. And then the glitch I'm going to pick is a problematic side effect. So these girls walk by and you just wanted to spray them, right? Yeah. So instead of it spraying them, the whole thing just explodes. (laughs) And not only the girls, but anyone within like a 10 foot radius of this drinking fountain is just blasted with water. (laughs) Okay, I definitely have to stifle some laughter for that one. It draws a lot of attention too. Mmm, you puppet. You really need to get better at that, don't you? Uh, maybe you should try a little more. Gemery, let's let's just call it a day for today. Like, I don't I don't want to make a bigger scene than I already have. And then I'm just gonna ignore him. <laughs> and just as like that conversation kind of ends, Jimmy walks up to you and he's like, hey, crazy thing that happened with the drinking fountain, right? Oh, this is so weird. That's so weird. Well, like, how does that even happen? Uh, maybe there was a clog in the pipe or something. I don't know. Oh. Old pipes? Like, the school's old. I guess. Yeah, relatively. I don't know, man. Hey, listen, do you want to, do you want to maybe stop by the coffee shop before we head home? Grab, grab a cup or something? I was thinking maybe after, because I'm meeting so-and-so. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, well, let's, let's head home then, I guess. Hey, by the way, did you pay attention in history? Because I know that you've got, yeah, Miss Springer before I do. Did you happen to pay attention in class today? Uh, enough. Okay. I might... Did she make you write another report? Uh, no, yeah. Yeah. I gotta, I fell asleep again. Carter, this is like the third one this week. Uh, we've only been in class for like a month, too, I know. You know what, I, I'm caught up on all of my other homework. I'll just, I'll do it after practice. Well, you don't have to do it, just lend me your notes. I don't take, you know I don't take notes. Okay, 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 okay. Well, I'm not going to let you do the whole thing. Like, at least be there for it, I guess. Okay. Okay. I'll make sure you don't do anything wrong. Okay, sounds good. Let's let's get out of here. So you head over to the University of New Orleans, and you do see a man who kind of turns to you as you walk through the halls. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, are you sure you're supposed to be here? Sort of a thing. And he's wearing a mustard yellow suit. Uh, it's the worst color. And he has slicked back auburn hair. I'm just going to like give him a nod and be like, oh, my dad's down this way. So you get to your dad's office and it's a small office with wood paneling around the walls. A plaque that says Daniel McAllister on the desk with an old school computer. What's up, Mr. M? How's it going? I don't, I don't, There's I don't know one in the like, he's not in the room at what? the moment. Where? Uh, I guess he's probably still in his lecture. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but he probably gets out of his lecture here shortly. So why don't we just wait here? Listen, I know where dad keeps his candy. <sighs> I mean, I know where he keeps the candy now, too. It's well, not yeah. that big of a, he, he's not very good at keeping it a secret. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go through his drawers, see if he's got anything hidden in the drawers that he maybe doesn't want people to see. Okay. Okay, you find two Milky Ways. Dope. I, I toss one to Jimmy. 
He catches it with hit, expert hit the, precision. Of course he did. I hit the jackpot, dude. These are the Milky Ways. I know Dad has Twix somewhere. Milky Ways are better than Twix, man. That's a you decision, I guess. I don't know. Live your best life. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, how much longer do you think he's got? Because I wouldn't mind getting home. Just as you say that, a well-groomed, but not quite portly man, but a little overweight Mm -hmm. man walks in. He's like, oh, there you are, boys. This is your father. Okay. This is your adopted dad. Hey, hey, what's up, Mr. M? Not much, Carter. Uh, Just getting out of my lecture. Are you two just waiting to go home? Yeah, we're just waiting on you. I got a few things to finish up here, but you know what? I can do them at home. I think... I think Martha's got quite the uh, spread tonight. Ah, pot stickers again, my favorite. She tries her best. Uh, it's fine. Let's go home. So you drive home, you drive through, even though your dad tries to avoid going like near the French Quarter just because of tourism and a little bit of foot traffic. All, all the bullshit, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's still like a little bit easier because... Like, that's where traffic kind of flows anyway. <laughs> so you end up going just between the Garden District and the French Quarter, passing a restaurant by the name of the Ruby Sliver. And then you make it home after going through the Garden District a little bit, finding your quaint little house. <sighs> Even though it's not super quaint. It's more like an Americana-style house. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Wrap around porch. <sighs> Very Southern. <laughs> Very southern, very much my not my taste, but it's fine. Yeah, I that's not my house. Has a very um, <laughs> has a very immaculate garden. There is a tire swing in the tree in the backyard, and you see in the driveway, um, your father has a very nice muscle car. It is in mint condition. Uh huh. You know, you Mister M. You know, you can make so much money off of this thing, right? That was my grandfather's car. Never mind. Forget I said anything. Still, you could make a lot of money. James of just walks right into the house. <laughs> he does not want to be a part of this. Co- as soon as you say, you know, you could sell. As soon as you say that, James is like, nope, I'm out of here. Uh, just leaves. I'm just saying it's worth a pretty penny. You could you can make a lot off of it. But why sell it when you can just drive it? You don't drive it. You drive it like once a week for like 20 minutes. I don't know. When you become a man, you will realize that having nice things is a nice thing. Very profound. I'll make sure to keep keep my eye on Keep that in mind. And I walk inside. Okay. <laughs> Trying to excuse myself from that situation. Walking inside, it's a very cozy home. Given how busy your family is, it actually looks relatively non, like unlived in as opposed to cluttered and lived in. Martha is in the kitchen cooking. Miss M, is that, is that those, uh, your world-famous pot stickers I'm smelling over there? Oh, you know it. Oh, I'm so excited for dinner tonight. It's gonna be good. I just have no words. I'm just so excited. Uh, I'm gonna go up to my room. Will you come grab me when they're ready? I got some homework I gotta do. I'll call you both down. All right, sounds great, Mrs. M. So you head upstairs <laughs> into your room. Up on the second floor, there are four rooms. There's your room, Jimmy's room, a bathroom, and then there's the master suite. Your room is on the same side of the hallway as the bathroom. Okay. And the master suite. So it's like a small bathroom. Jimmy's room is like on the other side of the hallway. So it's like the stairs go up and then one side is longer than the other side. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I I beeline it straight to Jimmy's room and just pop down on his bed. Okay. (laughs) So, so, uh, so Jimmy. He's just laying on his bed. Yeah. So I just pop down right next to him. 
So, uh, who's the special someone you're seeing this time? Huh? It's the same dude. When am I going to actually meet him? Uh, I was thinking tonight. Aren't you going to the coffee shop with me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... I could have sworn you met him before. I've met a lot of people in the last, like, two months. Not, not, not your people. Just, like, people. Who who knows? Who knows if I've met him before? I probably have. (laughs) Don't, don't I have a a math with him or something? Maybe. I don't know. No, he doesn't go to our school. Oh. Then I don't know. He goes to to New Orleans Community College. He's a year older than us. Right, right. Okay. How'd you meet? The coffee shop. Right. You know, I'm... I'm surprised you even go there. Like, it's not it's not your scene, man. I like the slam, the slam poetry. Who doesn't love a good slam poetry session? Okay, well, should should we get this paper out of the way? Or are you going to... Yeah. Let's do that. Let's go ahead and get this paper out of the way. That way we have less to do later. Plus, yeah. we gotta wait for Mom to finish the pot stickers anyway. <sighs> I'm so sick. Hopefully they're not pork again. <laughs> no, I think we threw up, remember... We threw out the pork ones she had. They were not good. No. They were I love that she pretends that they're homemade when she definitely buys them at Costco. <laughs> what can you say? Costco's great. Uh, at this point in time, I want to use the sight, which is one of the other moves I have, which lets you see invisible things, spirits, magical influences, anything like that. just want to make sure, like, because I know there's there's a lot of things that work in New Orleans. I just want to make sure there's nothing bad other than Gemery, like, in the air. Yeah. Just kind of look around. It's just the normal level that you're used to having lived here. It's the paranormal presence is a lot lower than Savannah was. Okay. Um, but as far as magic and the sort of voodoo influence is a lot higher. The presence of the strong magical presences are a little bit stronger than normal. You live pretty far into the garden district, so you, you can't sense quite past like that part of the city anyway. So as far as you can tell, nothing out of the ordinary. Cool. So before we get started on this, Jimmy, I gotta tell you about this weirdest, the weirdest dream I had when I was sleeping through class. You always have the weirdest dream. Oh, uh, this one's this one's particularly weird. So like I was I was like a fly on the wall kind of idea. Like I was watching this alleyway and I saw this couple and their kid go and walk in. Right. But then I hear this noise like this, like guttural, like almost drowning, like screeching noise. I'm not sure what it was, but like then the the people started freaking out and the kids started getting dragged away. It was fucking nuts, man. How many drugs did you do before? class? I didn't do any drugs before class this time. Uh, but do you, your dad's a psych professor. You probably have gleaned a little bit of something. You you got any idea of what this means? Probably means you're going to die. Oh. No. The kid, I guess, could possibly be like, like your inner child is being whisked away by an outside force. Mm-hmm. And your parental... I guess inhibitions are wanting to maintain that innocence. This This is just from me listening to dad. This is why you're the smart one. I would not have paid attention at all to Mr. M rambling about that. Listen, I don't really. I've been here a lot longer than you. (laughs) That's fair. Side note, do you know why he cares so much about that Model T? I don't understand it. Well, it was grandpa's, but other than that, uh, he just really enjoys his nice car you know he takes it to like the state shows and stuff right are those like competitions or they just show them off they just show them off i think Mm. 
Okay. I never go. That's fair. Okay, well, let's get this paper done. Then thanks so much for helping me out. No problem. So you work on the paper for a couple hours, and then you hear Martha call you down. So you all are around the table, mm-hmm. and Martha sets the table. It's all, it's just pot stickers <laughs> and milk. And, and milk? <laughs> pot stickers and milk. <laughs> God, this woman's white. (laughs) Which is funny because you live in New Orleans. Right? Where it's not hard to find food. I take that back. It's potstickers and sweet tea. Goes great with potstickers, sweet Uh tea. Thanks so much, Martha. This this looks great. Well, dig in. Oh, of course. I'm just going to start. Mmm, pork, my favorite. Jimmy almost chokes (laughs) because he tries not to laugh. (laughs) My puppet. My vessel. Why do you let them feed you this swill? This doesn't keep you strong. Gamory, we can't, I can't talk to you right now. We can't, we can't do this. Mmm, I can do all the talking I want. You may not be able to reply, but I can still talk to you. Uh, yeah? Is there something going on? Uh, no, I'm just, I'm just kind of tired. Got kind of a headache after school today. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's, it's fine. Have you had your fill? Uh, yeah, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Alrighty, why don't you head up and go to bed early? Okay. Actually, Mom, uh, I was thinking maybe we could go to the coffee shop. They're oh. doing another poetry slam tonight. Oh, are they? Caffeine's always good for a headache, too. I do love my coffee. Yeah, yeah, What exactly. Good save there, meat sack. What do you think, Daniel? I don't see why not. Just make sure you're home at a decent hour. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, we're, we're just going to stay for the slam night. Like, it should only be a couple hours. We'll, we'll be back before midnight for sure. We'll keep the porch light on. Thanks so much. So you leave and head towards the Raven and the coffee shop. Coffee table. Shit. <laughs> Raven in the coffee table. Raven in the coffee table. <laughs> you know, I will never understand why uh, the owner named this place like this. It's a, it's a dumb analogy to fucking Edgar Allan Poe. Do you think she inherited it? You know, I don't know. I haven't really talked to her. I haven't. I've, I've saw her, saw her like once. She's usually here during the day. So, so we, we walk inside. I guess. Uh, who, who's working the counter tonight? It is Samantha, who you are the closest with. She is flipping through a Wired magazine. Perfect. With stuff about the Sundance Film Festival on the cover. And working with her is Adrian. And they are sitting with their sketchbook. They're sitting on the counter. (laughs) (laughs) Of course they are. Like they're not supposed to be. And they are vigorously drawing something. Well, we walk in. I just walk right in up to the counter and I just like hoist myself up and I'm like, hey, Sammy, what you reading there? Just a Wired magazine. Anything interesting in there? Not really. No? Well, here. And I, I, uh, I pull out uh, GQ. That's a fashion magazine. Yeah. I know how much Sammy actually enjoys fashion. She may not fucking say anything about it, but I know she likes She's it. She's in sweater, in a sweater and skinny jeans. Yeah. And a beanie. Yeah. It's a hipster coffee shop. That's true. But I, I pulled out and like, I swiped this from my uh, uh, dad's office today. 
You want it? You know it. There you go. Tonight's on me. Okay, perfect. Uh, I'll get my usual. Jimmy, what you getting tonight? You notice Jimmy's not actually next to you. Uh, fuck did he go? And just as you look around, you see a small boy. He's standing right outside the window, and he's staring directly at you. Hmm. But he looks like he's from, like, 1940. You know what, Sammy, hold that coffee. I'll be right back. And as soon, yeah, as soon as you make eye contact with him, he starts to walk away. Uh, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk outside. You know, Gimmery, I know you can see. You can see through my eyes. Did you, did you see that? You know anything about that? It looked like one of, uh, the spirits in the area. I've seen a couple of them as we've been walking through. I'm surprised you didn't see them. We're just gonna go after it, right? You're the one in control. Okay, cool. So I'm gonna walk out towards where the ghost okay, was. So you follow, I'm assuming you follow was a ghost. Right? Yeah. Okay. So you follow the boy until you come up to a less popular road. Mm -hmm. And there is a sign above the door that says the Rose Spirit Tavern. And you see the child open the door and walk inside. As you start to come closer to the building, you see a woman in the upstairs window with a red dress and a cigarette holder as she's smoking out of the top of the second story window. I just think to myself, that's so last century. And I walk into the tavern. You walk into the tavern. It looks like an old 1920s speakeasy. You see a small stage on one end of the room, a lot of circular tables. There are four booths against one of the walls, and it's all bricked walls. The boy is uh, leaning against the counter, and there is a bartender who looks like he was pulled right out of 1927. So uh, nothing in this room looks like of... It looks like you stepped back in time to 100 years ago. Great. Gamory, this isn't you, right? You're not pulling your tricks again. I don't know what you're talking about. Cool. Just as helpful as always. Why did I make a deal with you? I walk up to the bar, I guess. Listen, are you a figment of my imagination or are you here right now? I need to know this. Did I smoke too much before coming out? The man turns around and he has that part down. He's got his hair slicked. There, he looks exactly like a 1920s bartender. Of course. With a rag in his hand. And he says, hello there. What can I do for you? How about, uh, whiskey on the rocks? You look a little young for that, mister. So? Isn't this the 20s? No. I tried. The interior might be, <laughs> might be deceiving, but we are still in 2020. Uh, fine. Robert Puckett, you don't have to be rude. I guess formal introductions are necessary. My name is Robert Puckett, and I run this here speakeasy. Okay, are you actually here, or are you like a ghost? I am just as corporeal as Is whatever. this kid a ghost? Albie is a dear friend of mine, and no, he is not a ghost. Ugh, why are you guys dressed like this? I know all about you, Carterwoo. That's not creepy. You have a destiny. Uh, don't we all? Hey guys, uh, this is Wes. Uh, I play Carter Wu in the campaign, our lovable spooky boy. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Um, just getting a couple clerical things out of the way. First, um, if you're not already following us on Twitter, just do that at uh, TFTT Podcasts. And then if you want to support us on our Patreon, it's the same handle, TFTT Podcasts at patreon.com. Just want to give a shout out to our very first Patreon supporter, Jimmy Volante. We're cool. We're not going to go further into that. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, so thanks again for listening and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. How you doing? Uh, so I'm Kevin. I'm going to be playing a character called Magnolia Marie, and she has a last name, and it's written down somewhere in Mitchell's notes. Ratignol. Ratignol. Thank you, because I couldn't be bothered to write shit down. I'm playing the Divine playbook. Maggie is she's an older woman, somewhere in her late 50s or mid 70s. It will change frequently because a lady never tells her age. She is, she's an older black woman uh, living in downtown New Orleans or uptown New Orleans. I don't know. It's New Orleans. She lives uh, kind of by the Walmart in a, in a lovely little ramshackle apartment complex. She has three lovely kids that she loves very much, which we will probably be meeting one of them at some point in our campaign. The other two, probably not, because they live in France at the moment. Um, a fun fact about Miss Magnolia Marie is that she told everyone for a solid two years that she was on the keto diet, even though she had no idea what that was. Okay, yeah, so... take it away, World Weaver. Weaver of Worlds. Yeah, it's daytime. You have just finished up your tour. Mm. Um, how, I guess, how does your ending speech go or whatnot? Because you're... The, they've parked in front of Madame May's Curiosities, and they all look at you. It, well, it's... Every... I don't, like, have a set speech that I sort of round up on. Like, I very much... Uh, I take a very personal touch with all my tours so i don't really have a like all right and that's our tour here's the little little, little, little go to the gift shop okay uh this is this this group is a it's not it's not my favorite kind of group like they've been they've been nice and they've enjoyed the personal touch but like i haven't really bonded with any of them like none of them are sticking out as particularly exciting to me okay like they're still mostly just interested in taking pictures. They didn't really want to talk and ask about history. They're just like, ooh, look, cool stuff. So I will just, uh, I'll just give them a very cold, uninterested sign off and tell them to exit through the gift shop. Okay. Um, are you more, more one of the first people off or are you like the last one? Oh, no, I, I wait till last so I can, you know, go check all the seats, make sure nobody left a camera or anything. Okay. You don't notice until you start to exit the bus but there is one woman left on the bus with curly dark hair very like almost a blood red lipstick and she's smoking out of a long cigarette holder and wearing a red dress now two things one is smoking on buses legal in the state of louisiana i don't know but this person doesn't seem to care nonetheless <laughs> do did i do i recognize her from on the tour no well, that is, uh, I'm, I am confused and taken aback. I go, oh, uh, oh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, ma'am, miss, is this younger woman, older woman? Yeah, she oh. looks about maybe between twenty-five and thirty. All right. Oh, I'm terribly, I'm terribly sorry, miss, but uh, this this bus is for tours only. Um, it's not a not a city bus. I'm gonna have to ask you to step off. She gets up without saying a word. She hands you a business card and she walks by you and walks out of the bus. Well, all right, uh, okay, all right, well, have, a, have a good day, miss. You exit the bus and 
uh, May Moses walks up to you and she goes, how we do today? Oh, we did all right, May. We did all right. Not the most exciting group. Uh, the Guzmans were back again for the third time. That's like three times this week. I, I know. Every time they're in town, they just are on the tour. Like, and they aren't like, they're not like invested. Like, they don't like talk or anything. Like, I think they just don't know what else to do. Don't they live here? Well, they are not not here, but yeah, they they love they're kind of the native. They're like, they're from uh oh, what's that? Just it's just a little north of us. That's uh you know that, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Baton Rouge, that's the name Baton of it. Baton Rouge. God, why did I? I'm listen. This is something. It says something about our uh, about our education system. If I couldn't even remember our state capital for a brief moment. <laughs> it's okay. At our age, we forget everything. I admit, May, I will remind you that you are about as old as dirt itself. <laughs> I am not quite to that point, and I resent being called old, even if it is by a woman of your stature and class. I do apologize. And she kind of hobbles in with her cane and everything, and she's a relatively large woman, so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she kind of squeezes through the door and goes into her little shop and everything. Yeah, and I'll, uh, is she, is she just the, is she the only one who works in the, in the shop? Does she have like a cashier or anybody? No, it's mostly just her. Okay. Um, okay. every now and then she'll have, um, like a grandkid, you assume. One of her great grandkids, probably. <laughs> yeah. So you're not really sure how they're related no. to her, but there's Grandson's young people. probably Methuselah. <laughs> probably. And just when you think she's gone, she sticks her head out again. She's like, you need some food, darling. Oh no, no! I've I've got some uh, I've got some etouffee at home that I'm gonna go heat up. All right. From you know, from what day is it? Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Thursday. Oh my lord! I gotta get home right now. Okay, so you head home. Do you go through the French Quarter at all? And uh, normally I would. I'd stop in, get myself a beignet, get some coffee. You know, see see the people in town, and you know, sort. of. It's fun to people watch. I like to watch tourists. Mm -hmm. But not today. Today is Thursday, which means I need to get home because I am not about to miss out on bridge night with Rebecca. Okay. So you head home, and Rebecca's not there, like, you, like right at your door right away, but you can... It, it happens. It's, she's often late. It's a character flaw that I've grown to uh, appreciate uh, in her. Yeah. I will feed Methuselah. Okay. Are you going to feed uh, Shaka as well? No, nah, Shaka was fed earlier today. Methuselah prefers his dinner at the night because hedgehogs are nocturnal. Thank you very much. He gives you like a squeak and he eats. Yeah, what's a hedgehog sound like? I'm not going <laughs> to attempt that. It's fine. I don't, I don't think hedgehogs are super vocal, so you'd be fine. Then All right, let's, uh, yeah, we'll proceed. And you hear a knock at your door. Which you assume to be Rebecca. Yes, and let's, I'll, I'll call out as I'm walking through the door and throwing my dice all over our table. Uh, Rebecca, it has been 14 years. You do not have to knock in order for our bridge night to begin And I, as I'm opening the door. So are we going to get this uh, bridge night started? Or? Absolutely. Come on in now. Okay, so you start playing 
bridge. Do you have hors d'oeuvres and things already, um, or did you heat up? Some? We, uh, when we very first began bridge night, we'd make the whole event, like we'd do finger sandwiches and all that. Right. But now it's just us and our kids have moved out, so we just do like some bean dip okay. and a bag of potato chips, okay. which is not fancy, but we ain't gotta impress nobody no more. Yeah. And knowing that you had a tour today, I'm guessing um, Rebecca already had planned on making the bean dip this time? No, it's it's from a can. Oh, it's from a can. It is a Lay's bean dip. We'll microwave it. Yeah. yeah. Some nacho cheese sauce. Anyway, yes. you <laughs> go through your bridge night, which... She cheats, but it's fine, because how do I? Oh, well, yeah, I think it's a relatively common knowledge. To does anybody, both does anybody actually play bridge? Or do they just cheat at bridge? I think everyone just cheats. Good, because bridge is boring. Yeah, so you have a relatively good game. Mm -hmm. You win. You win. Mm, okay. um, nice. Which... I don't know what that entails, so... Yeah, I don't know what that entails, but... Neither of you says you keep score, but deep down you both oh. are keeping score. <laughs> oh yeah, no, absolutely. So, and you both know exactly who's won the most amount of times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's me. You hear... Mitchell is now trying to remember the names of the NPCs I gave him. You hear Curly. boy. Basset Hound. Who I am not fond of. Howling, which has woken up the, the Colonel. Um, His name will come to me later. I don't when have we, a name right I know, I, I will invent one. So, and the colonel has woken up and he's kind of really cussing out the dog. Yeah, he's yeah. cussing out the dog. Yeah, this man's older than, this man looks, may look young and vital. So he's like, you goddamn... I will, I will gently place my uh, Mountain Dew, it's a Diet Mountain Dew, okay. down, it's in a glass. Because I was not raised by a barbarian. Okay. Uh, and I will step out to the balcony and go, What in Sam Hill is happening out here? Colonel, are you are you antagonizing that poor dog again? No, this fucking dog is... <clears throat> is not particularly an answer. <laughs> but hold on, let me come on down there. And I put on my slippers and head down the stairs. Okay. Uh, no, now, now, uh, I would like, I will do, I'll read a bad situation to figure out who started this fight. Okay, go ahead. Which and... is, uh, a plush sharp. Plus oh, oh, okay, okay, uh, that'll be a three. Go ahead and mark off experience. Cool. So you reading a bad situation, you know there's a fight. I, it's, I'm assuming that it has been this way since the dawn of time. This dog and this man are like Cain and Abel. Uh, but I will still proceed and go ahead and go for my soothe. So when I talk to someone for a few seconds in a quiet voice, you can calm them down, blocking any panic, anger, or other negative emotions they have. This works even if the thing that freaked them out is still present, as long as my voice can be heard. So I will, I will talk to the colonel. Okay. I'll then Jasper. Now listen, uh, take, take yourself a nice deep breath. Remember what the doctor said about your blood pressure and how it will affect your medication and how you shouldn't be throwing liquor bottles at dogs in windows again. 
So let's just have ourselves a nice little breath. Let's get you back inside. And we will, we'll resolve this later, all right? He calms down, takes a deep breath, and he goes back inside his apartment. All right. Curly looks up at you and goes, and he scurries back inside. That's right, you oversized rat. He can't quite fit through the doggy door all the way. He kind of has to like shove himself in there. Yeah, he's just kind of blubbering and wiggling his way in there. I see it. I see it. Put that dog on a diet, honestly. And I'll head back upstairs. I'm I'm so sorry, Rebecca. I had to resolve that little issue. Don't you worry. She packs up her cards and goes goes back into her apartment. And I will I'll start getting ready for bed, you know, taking, you know, do my hair and putting it all up and blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. changing whatever. You know, as somebody does before they get to bed. I don't know why okay. I'm making this a whole ordeal. And as as I'm like putting everything away and like putting my purse back, uh, I do like pull that business card out that mm-hmm. had been handed me by the uh, little uh, younger woman. And I'll, I'll just set it on my nightstand for now. Okay. And then after I'm done with my nightly routine, I will remember it again and check it again. The business card has a rose on it. It says the Rose Spirit Tavern. On the back, it says, it just has like contact information and it says that it's in the French Quarter, which you've never heard of the Rose Spirit Tavern before, so Mm, that kind of throws you off. Especially because I've I've lived in the city my whole life other Mm. than that brief three-week sabbatical in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. That you were so fond of. I will speak not of that incident. You do not have a tour tomorrow. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm like I will I will go check it out tomorrow because conveniently it's my day off. Yeah. Wow. You go to bed. You have a weird dream, and you see you see two people: a small boy who looks like he is about the age of ten. He also looks like he's jumped right out of the 1940s. All right. So think like Edmund Pevensey from the Chronicles of Narnia. And the other person that you see is, you see the same woman in red mm-hmm. that you've seen before. Only she has your her back to you. But I, I recognize the silhouette and the, yeah. I'm assuming the cigarette holder, all that. Yeah. Gotcha. They, they're kind of just there. You don't remember exactly what they were doing when you wake up. You mm-hmm. just remember that I, I had a dream they things. were there. Gotcha. Yeah. So you wake up to... The sound of a dog barking again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably five minutes before my alarm was set to go off, of course. All right. I will throw on my my robe. Okay. And step outside to see what the hell Curly is barking at. Okay. He seems to be barking at nothing. But you do uh, smell a the worst smell you've ever smelled in your life. Like, it's like sewage and something rotting and dead all at the same time. Oh, Lord. Okay. All right. So, and... Yeah, bar- the dog's just barking. No one else seems to have stirred yet. Yeah, uh, I'm going to deal with that later. I'm going to go back inside and get dressed and okay. ready for the day. Okay. Then do you just head to the French Quarter? Uh, I'm going to run to the. I'm going to run to Walmart real quick. Okay. Got to pick up some groceries. Okay. Uh, I have some. Uh, I got it. Like I think I'm low on shampoo. So I'm going to pick some of that up. Okay. Uh, and then I'll I'll run that home, and then I'll venture out in the French Quarter. Okay. I am wearing a, a slightly nicer outfit than I would normally wear just from day to day because uh, the tavern 
like the woman in the tavern looked like she was pretty well dressed. So I don't. She looks like, like yeah, she looks. Yeah, so I've got like I've got like a nicer dress on. I'm not like dressed to the nines, but you know I'm I look I look presentable. So you enter the French Quarter, and it's a little later than you had wanted to get there. I was probably aiming for like noon, and it's probably what three four. Yeah, it's probably about like three or four. Okay. So and the Rose Spirit Tavern is not open yet. So, but you can see where it is. It just it for a tavern and in the French Quarter, it being closed was is a little odd to you. Yeah. Um, Especially on a Friday. Yeah. Come on. So, but you do see it's not too far from a small coffee shop by the name of the Raven and the Coffee Table. You know that like all the local youths go there and. Like they have a poetry slam night, and it's kind of like a. Oh God! It's not today, is it? Well, Praises actually, me. it is today, uh, but, but it's not. It's not until later tonight. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say oh, I'll stop in for a cup of coffee, but I'll stop in. I'll stop in. Okay. Get myself a cup of cup of hot bean juice. Okay. You haven't oh, really. Have you yes. been here before? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, once or twice. And my okay. daughter really likes the likes the establishment, so we've come here before, and I'll okay. get myself a tall mocha something 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 and sit by the window just kind of watching seeing if the uh tavern opens anytime okay. soon so you get your coffee the same kind of staff that you've seen before is working mm -hmm, tonight mm -hmm. and they're getting ready for the poetry slam and everything it's about four o'clock so it's like the sun i don't know you're you're there until a lot later than you want to be there so you're there until like seven it's about three hours when yeah i think i probably finally give up when the poetry slam starts it's not going to start for another hour it starts at like eight but you see a you see a kid with a green mohawk and kind of a jock kid they're both about high school age mm -hmm. they walk in and they seem to be talking about something and then they go and order coffee and at the same time that you see them kind of go up to the counter and everything, you notice the boy from your dream. Mm. It looks like he's from the 1940s. And he's kind of just walking down the street. He doesn't seem focused on anything until um, he spots you, and then he looks past you. So, but it doesn't say anything. Is he still out on the street? Yeah, he's still out on the street. He's just like looking through the window. Okay, I'll, I'll give him a... Like a, a friendly little nod and a little wave. Like sweet, you know, sweet old lady. Just like, oh, hello. He doesn't seem to acknowledge you. Or he doesn't seem to see you or something like that. Uh, I'll uh, wave again a little more. A little confused this time. Okay. You catch his attention. And he gives you a slight little wave and kind of a smile. Mm -hmm. And then the kid with the green mohawk. Mm -hmm. I wonder who that could be. Notices the kid as well. He doesn't seem to see you or notice you, but he sees the kid and he goes outside and the kid starts to walk away when he walks out the door. The kid with the green hair follows the kid from the 40s and they start to walk towards the tavern, which is now open. Uh, I find that very strange, so I am going to, uh, from a respectful distance, take my coffee cup back up. Because okay. I am polite. I know it is a to-go cup, but it's been empty for two hours. Okay. So I will take it up and then uh, throw an extra dollar in the tip jar and then follow them out to the okay. tavern. You see the kid enter the tavern and then 
the kid with the mohawk stops for a minute and he looks up at the second story window above the tavern. Mm -hmm. And you notice at the same time that he sort of looks up, you see some smoke from a long cigarette holder. And you can see a lady in red. And then he enters the tavern. It is so. at this point in time that I worry that it is a brothel. She's now my, on the back of my mind as okay. I enter into this building. You enter this building right as you hear the small boy say, you have a destiny. Carter, you have just said, don't we all? And the door opens behind you and in walks an older aged woman. Maggie, what do you do? I finish walking in. Uh, sort of take uh, take in my scenes and enter the bar. You see Carter, the boy that you had seen before and followed into the tavern. You see the other small boy that had walked before him, and you see the bartender. There isn't anyone else that you can see in the immediate area other than that. And there is some jazz music playing. The bar looks very 1920s, like you just walked into a speakeasy. Okay. The bartender is also dressed like you just walked into a speakeasy. Huck says, hi there, how can I help you, ma'am? Uh, I will, I will go to the bar. Okay. Say, um, Mr. I look for a name badge. Robert Puckett. Uh, yeah, Mr. Mr. Puckett. Neither of those children are of legal drinking age. Hold on. How do you know I'm not legal? Oh, I can see it. Okay. It's fine at the moment. We have no one in. Uh, this is Albert. He's our little boy that we've been taking care of. Alright, I see. We have a loft upstairs. Can I help you with anything else, please? Take some water, I suppose. Okay. He grabs you with water. And in walks basically just your generic cowboy from the bathroom. How long was he here? Uh, oh, Randall? Randall's been- You described him to me when we were, when I was sitting in the coffee shop. Oh yeah, 15, 20 minutes before you? Yeah, I would say about 15 minutes. Uh, I came into this establishment. I sure am, I would hope so, I'm 48. Why, why do you? Kind of showing your hand right away, but all right. Uh, that's, that's all, that's all well and good. Uh, I apologize. Young, um, young, young man. Not you, the, the young one. The young, young one. Yes. What, what is your name, little one? My name's Albert, but you may call me Albie. Oh, well, little, little Mr. Albie, right, it's a pleasure to meet you. What, how did you end up in this situation, this environment? It's a long story. Mr. Puckett, <laughs> I have half a mind to ask the Better Business Bureau about your business practices here. Letting young children like this wander around in a bar environment is not healthy for their development. Albie pipes up and he goes, I don't believe that will be necessary. Uh, Robert Puckett and the Lady Rose both took me in to help them with their predicament. That sounds really sexual. Uh, it sounded like child labor for a moment, but you're right, it might have some sexual connotations. They, I, I'm uncomfortable, I can assure you there is nothing sexual in this nature. Okay, so we're back to child labor. I was sent to bring Mr. Carter Wu, as well as you, Magnolia Ratignol, to this establishment to be briefed, because there is much more going on in New Orleans than, than meets the eye. And you both have abilities that 
normal people don't just have. I must protest. Many people can play the piano. I'm not uh, talking about a talent such as playing the piano. I'm talking about otherworldly or supernatural phenomena. That well, my dear Abby, you haven't heard me play the piano. Each of you, including you, Randall, have me? supernatural abilities or a connection with the, with the supernatural in a sense that most other people do not. And we are... Myself, as well as Robert and Lady Rose, are all involved in an organization that helps to control and balance the supernatural goings-on in our world. And at this, I kind of just look fidgety, and okay. my character just gets all nervous, and uh, I kind of like take a step back. Randall, what are you doing? Uh, nothing. Particularly, um, you notice uh, that Sam is not around you like he usually is. Usually, he's right by your side all the time, but you haven't been able to see him really since you went into the restroom. Uh, I, I really do apologize. Uh, this has just caught me off guard. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I give him a mint. Okay. You just think go Mary Poppins in. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> I do sincerely appreciate that, Magnolia. Oh, well, you look, you looked, you look nervous. I, I think a mint might. By the way, my name, my name's Magnolia. My friends call me Maggie. You can call me Magnolia until we get better acquainted, young man. Hey, Maggie, is, what's up? Now let's try that one more time. Now, uh-huh. uh huh. Son, you better respect your elders. Now, 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 respect your elders. Don't talk over me now, Randall. You young man, uh, like I said, once we get better acquainted, by all means call me Maggie, but until then, you may call me Magnolia, and I might call you... Name's Carter. Pleasure to meet you, Carter. As do you, Randall. Now, sorry, we got those awkward introductions out of the way. Dear Abby, I have, I have interjected on you about twice now. She's so... It's quite all right. I don't know what he's talking about. I just... Play around. Just follow along for a little bit. It could be fun. Each of you has a special connection with the supernatural. It may be shocking to be informed that there is more than meets the eye in the world around you, and a lot of stories and folklore that exist have more credit to them than initially you would realize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, certainly. I, I really don't know what this has to do with me, though. Like, I'm, I'm just a high school kid. Like, you're a high school kid who can explode water fountains. One time. You hear voices in your head, don't you? I don't know what you're talking about. What is the name of your friend? I don't feel like I need to tell you. Fair enough. I already know. This is getting really weird. Uh. I know I just got into town, uh, but uh, I didn't expect this this introduction to the city of New Orleans. Oh, uh, are you new? You've never been to this fair city of New Orleans? No, never. I'm from Montana. What brings you all the way down here? I have some personal business to attend to. Personal as in Sam? How do you know about Sam? I've already informed everyone that I know a lot of things. Well, uh, I guess now the 
cat's out of the bag, as you might say. Sam is a ghost. He's always followed me around. He's helped me in some situations. I owe him a great deal. I would like this to be known because I don't think this is an audio thing. Uh, Maggie has been just politely nodding along with Albie because she's had children and grandchildren. So she knows. So she doesn't just know. to, She just is like, uh-huh, and tell me more about the ghost. <laughs> yeah, sure. Now that he's involved, I'm like, oh, hold up. Wait, what's happening? Some real thing? <laughs> oh, what, at home? <laughs> but I don't think she says anything, but I needed to make that known. Yeah. Well, you already know all of our tricks. Then, I'm assuming. Well, now, hold on, hold on, now, hold on. Now, what, what is mine? Because I, I don't have no, I don't have no ghosts. I don't have no, I mean, I've got my thoughts, but I don't got no voices in my head. No, you. yours is more external. Yours is more of a relationship with the gods themselves. Okay. You are more of a messenger or a protector of our existence. Um... You've been sent for a prophecy, perhaps, or something similar. We'll come back to that, because I don't... I don't think I have a prophecy. I can check. How often do you contact the gods? I mean, I go to church every Sunday. Uh, I say, you know, every, every Easter, go on, go on Easter, and occasionally go on, like, not Christmas, but that's, that's about it, really. Albie looks at Puck, very confused, and then he looks at you, and he just kind of nods, and he doesn't say anything else. Okay. He just kind of quiets down. Well, now that we've gotten the telling portion of our show and tell going on, do you want to show off our powers? I'm down to show off a little. There's a reason uh, we're all gathered here, I reckon. So, uh... Yes, there is. We are part of an organization called... The Agency of Unnatural Knowledge. Agency of Unnatural Knowledge? That is correct. The ARC? We were originally founded as a government agency to keep tabs on any supernatural or paranormal goings-on. Anyone else have questions? Nope. Who is this Lady Rose? Lady in Red? Oh, like, right, Who is this right. lady you speak of? Maggie. Yeah, yes. That's me. You have a kind of, I guess, you remember the lady who gave you the card and just kind of disappeared from Oh right, I saw her. Is she the lady I saw upstairs in the window? Yes, I believe Lady Rose has been quite busy with our current predicament. It seems that there is a monster that is terrorizing our fair city of New Orleans at the moment. I've just walked right into the show then. The shit show. Language. Uh, <laughs> what sort of um, monster? You did say monster. Are we thinking like like are we, monster that hides under our bed kind of idea, are or are we, we thinking like mythical things like the Lugaru? Oh, now oh, first of all, you you know about the Lugaru? That's a point in my book. You get one, but like yeah, are we talking like a Frankenstein monster? Like you did say monster. I cannot. I need to focus on the fact that you did say monster. Yes, I did say monster, and mm. for your answer of whether or not. It's things that are hide on your bed. It's anything that can be considered to go bump in the mat. Huh. So we're just using monster as like a general term? Yes. Okay. Unless like we it. know the classification and, and the species, which at this po point in time, we have no idea. This okay. one has just come out of nowhere. Okay. I'm very familiar with ghosts, but uh, nothing else, really. 
How familiar is so really familiar? How, but not it's, too familiar. But not too familiar. Uh, now, how broad is the term monster? Because, like, I for one have never seen a moose, but I'm sure our friend Randall has. So I, if I ran into one on the street, I would call that a monster. That's like a 40-foot tall deer. Not quite. It's about 15 feet tall. In order to That's still five, too much. Uh, Albie actually pipes in and goes, in order for something to be classified as a monster, it must be an absolute threat to humanity or existence in general. So it could be anything from an unnatural phenomena that occurs in a place that is highly populated. It could be a beast that feeds solely on human flesh. It could be anything that disrupts the ecosystem itself. Now, hold on. You just said a monster that eats human flesh. Is that what we're dealing with here? Because I don't know if I want to get caught up in something like that. Yeah, well, it's all fine and dandy, your whole, like, spiel, but what does it have to do with us? Right, where do we come into all this? We need to basically draft you to be helpers. We only have the three of us at the moment, and we need more. With your abilities, you should be able to use your wits as well as your affinity with the supernatural to either stop or destroy these unnatural goings on. Okay, I'm, I'm just a lonely rancher, but uh, I guess since I'm out here, it doesn't make much of a difference then, I reckon. I'm willing to help. I, I don't have work today. Uh, I have nothing else going on. I can help out. Don't know how much help I'll be, but yeah, sure, why not? I just gotta be home by midnight. I mean, I, I am a high school student. I have a curfew. All right, we have one, yes? Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess the whole reason I came here was for the supernatural anyway. Then it would be within your own personal interest to accept. Yeah, I, I just didn't think, you know, to introduce myself and all of a sudden say like, I'm a ghost hunter, because that would be kind of weird for a lot of the people involved That's... in that conversation. Sir, you do realize you're in like one of the most haunted places ever, right? Yeah. Okay, so you calling yourself a ghost hunter is not that big of a deal. I in guess fact, I never thought about it. ghost tours here. Oh, I've done a couple of them every October. It's a real good tour season. <sighs> okay, I'm in. May as well. I mean, can I text my, uh, my brother? Let him know I'm gonna be late. Cover for me. As long as you don't put any information about what exactly you're doing to your brother. You can tell him you're late and come up with an excuse. But the less people know, know about the supernatural and unnatural things. I'm already like texting, like, hey, I'm gonna be late tonight. I got some wild shit to tell you. Cover for me. <laughs> Send. As you're speaking to me, so you can't read it. Fewer people, if, if fewer people know about the supernatural, it'll allow us to work without as much complications and red tape. Very well. <clears throat> okay, where do we start? There have been some sightings of some sort of uh, creature walking around the city at night. So, usually here in the, in the French Quarter, but there have been some sightings off just outside, so. Oh, we could go back to the to the, the raven and the, the coffee table. We usually have a bunch of those tabloids everywhere, so. I uh, don't mind a good cup of joe. Sam will take great care of you then. 
And with that, they bid you farewell. Well, uh... I will give Albie a mint as well. He doesn't need... No, I will give him a worth of submission. <laughs> okay, he takes it. And I ruffle his hair. It's very soft. As we're leaving, I would like to use the sight. So what this does is you can see the invisible, especially spirits and magical influences. You may communicate uh, with, maybe even make deals with the spirits you see. And they, they give you more opportunities to spark clues when investigating a mystery. So like, as as we're just like walking out, I just want to kind of take a glance throughout the room, see if I see anything off. You see sitting in a chair, like on the opposite side, you see a small boy. Does it look like Al? No. Okay. No. He looks like he came from the 1800s, around like the time of the gold rush. 